You've tuned in to Naturopathic Earth Radio and Holistic Health News, where you get the latest on medical cover-ups, government malfeasance, toxins being put in our food and home, as well as sound, clean eating principles. We are here to cast a light on what the big sick care industry and its government shills don't want you to know. Don't be a slave to Big Pharma. Break free of the shackles of big food and start your journey now on a long, purposeful life. Become a citizen of Naturopathic Earth. Here's your host, A. Gregory Luna. Hello, everybody. This is A. Gregory Luna. Of course, you can call me Gregory. And welcome back to another episode of Holistic Health News. I hope you're doing well today. Before we start talking about depression in January and all the horrible things that come in January, please go to my website, Naturopathic Earth. That's N-A-T-U-R-O-P-A. T-H-I-C, earth.com, all one word. Go check out all my articles and clean eating recipes and free downloadable PDFs. It's a lot of great stuff. It's a very visually, aesthetically pleasing website. Also, while you're there, you can see a couple ways that you can help support us by defraying the cost of this enterprise. I am an ebook author. Confessions of an Obese Child is an ebook that I sell on Barnes & Noble Nook and Amazon Kindle. You can see a picture of it on the right side of the homepage or actually on any page. And uh, you can buy it for $2.99. Or if you have unlimited Kindle, you can get it for free and read it. I appreciate it if you do read it to post a review on Amazon and on Nook. Uh, that'd be great. Which It's strange because I have like eight times more reviews on Nook than I do on Amazon, which is strange because more people are on Kindle than on Nook. Also, there is a picture of Patreon, which is our crowdfunding account there on the right side as well. Please click on that and donate anywhere from a dollar to a billion dollars to help us as well. That'd be great. As all of you know, I am a holistic health coach and I'm paleo inspired. So I like to use a lot of clean eating ideas to help people lose weight. So if any of you, especially now that we're coming up to New Year's resolutions, are wanting to change their lifestyle, please, please contact me. You can click on the health price, health coach prices link on the top of the page. If you get under, uh, I think it's under why hire a health coach. It's right there. And I am very reasonable. And as most of you know, I did lose a lot, a lot of weight a long, 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 long time ago, longer than most millennials have been alive. So I probably can help you. And I do offer a unique perspective on how to clean up your house, your diet, and everything else. So go check out those prices. I'd appreciate that. Okay, so let's start talking about ways that we can avoid January blues. Okay, look, I think January gets a bad rap on one level. And the only reason I say this is because my birthday is in January. So it is approaching. But in general, January is a crappy month. I like to tell the students that the best time of the year is the fall. And conversely, the worst time of the year runs from about January 1st to, I'd say, mid-March. And this correlates with, my assertion here, correlates with what the statistics show. January is the highest rate of separations, not necessarily the highest rate of divorce filing, but separations. It's the highest rate of alcohol um, poisoning in terms of reported by hospitals. 
It's uh, one of the higher rates of suicide happen in January. And in general, it's kind of a depressing month. And I think it would be good to start out this new year or going into this new year of 2019. And believe me, it's so hard to believe we're in 2019. When I was a kid in the 80s, I thought by now we'd be like the Jetsons, right? Flying around in space jets and so forth. But as we approach 2019, similar to Christmas, where the idea, if you look on social media, is everybody's festive and happy. Not everybody's festive and happy. A lot of people hate Christmas and not because of the the typical, I lost a spouse or loved one a few days before Christmas, but some people just don't like Christmas because they, they look around. I've told you the higher rate of time you spend on social media, the higher rate of depression you have, but they look around on social media and they think everybody's happy and they might not be happy for Christmas. And so they get depressed and it's just a day that people want to get through that they might not necessarily like. And if you can't relate to what I'm saying, that's great. That means you're not one of those people. But there are quite a lot of people who don't like Christmas and they don't like New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve is typically a day of retrospection where we look back at the year and things that we've done, things that happened to us. And sometimes it's a, a time of, of, of looking back at great accomplishments for the year, but many times it's a, a, to look back at breakups, deaths, and other Debbie Downer kind of stuff. And it's okay, guys. If you're one of those people who gets down and depressed in late December, it's okay. It's better to feel it and journal it, write it, articulate it, than to suppress it and turn to to alcohol. So there is a great term called Blue Monday. Now, some of you might know what Blue Monday is if you guys know your 80s alternative synth music, but Blue Monday is probably the most well-known song by one of my favorite bands, New Order. And January 24th is what we consider to be Blue Monday. And this is what they, and, and this is kind of anecdotal. It's considered the most depressing day of the year. Now, going back to New Order, Blue Monday is a song that goes boom, 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 How does it feel to treat me like you do? It's a great song. It's, a, it's probably the most famous New Order song aside from Bizarre Love Triangle. Every time I see you falling, I get down on me. Anyways, that's enough new, 80, new wave 80s music for today. But January 24th is the most depressing day of the year. And so before we talk about ways that we can kind of evade circuitously the, the pitfalls of, of January blues, uh, let's talk about why January is depressing. So it makes sense in a lot of ways. It's the coldest time of the year, typically. It's almost the darkest time of the year, but I guess if you look at a full month, that's solstice is 20, what, December 21st, 22nd. So we're still in the darkest time of the year. Now, some of you, of course, live in Phoenix or you live in Florida where it's, or even here in Texas, in South Texas, where it doesn't get cold. But the majority of the people that live in the mid-latitude regions of the world that speak English, or let's say the UK, and in America and Canada, it's a pretty dark, bleak time. You got snow drifts, you got snow everywhere. And more importantly, in January, we've overspent for Christmas. So going back to why fall is the best time of the year, fall is the best time because it's the anticipation of the holidays. And it's the cooling down, it's the foliage, it's the hot chocolate, you're pulling out your sweaters. It's all that kind of great stuff associated with Halloween and Thanksgiving and Christmas and even New Year's. 
And so when January rolls around, especially January 1st, because honestly, January 1st is the most overrated holiday. And I even wrote an article about how Thanksgiving is the most overrated holiday. You should check out that article. It's pretty funny. But January 1st, I mean, I don't know. I don't know about you guys in the Commonwealth. But I don't know why we have January 1st off. Why is that a federal holiday? Is it, is it, should we just rename it the National Get Over Your Hangover Day? Because why is this day, a, it's not a religious day. It really makes no sense. Now, granted, Labor Day, Memorial Day, these are days that we have off too. But January 1st to me makes no sense, especially if you don't drink while well, we have to have this day off. But either way, so in January, the bills come in from overspending. You spent too much on Christmas stuff. And now it's time to pay the reaper, so to speak. And look, the average American spends about $700 a year on gifts. Now, I tend to be more of the frugal type. I, and, I, and I tell my children, and they're getting old enough to understand, I say, look, if Jesus got three gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, um, then why do you deserve more than three? Now, some people, of course, are going to say, oh, my God, that is horrible. You're a horrible parent. You should be overflowing your your kids with gifts. No, I don't want my kids to end up like Veruca Salt. Now, look, if you want to give your kids, you know, 12 stocking stuffers and, you know, hundreds of dollars of gifts, great. Okay, that's, that's you, but that's not me. I just don't want to be spending $700 on gifts. But so we overspend. So the bill's coming in January. So you're like, oh, my God. And when it comes to marital distress, something like a third of of divorces come from marital money issues. And so let's say you're coming off of of December, uh, the holidays are over. Now you're dealing with the cold. There's no distractions really anymore. You're dealing with the cold. You're dealing with the darkness. Uh, Lots of times the holiday season, especially family comes over, that that kind of... exacerbates uh, family tension. And so January rolls around, you have the resolutions, you're kind of maybe feeling a little down. And so, you know, this is the time I want to change my life. And sometimes changing the life is changing your man or changing your wife. And so you see this accumulation of, of factors. Now, going in alcohol, we drink the most in January to the point where the UK has a campaign called Dry January, where they're encouraging the Brits not to drink alcohol in January. Because alcohol, I've forgotten, and if you go back to that that, that holistic health episode we did on how Lancet says there's no healthy amount of alcohol, and I quote how the Brits drink an inordinate amount of alcohol. Now, I think there was the Slovaks or the Danes or somebody who, who drink per capita more, but the, the Brits, I quoted how much they drank, and it's crazy amounts. But so in January, we're depressed. We have a higher rate of depression. We have the bills. We have the pressure of paying for the bills. We have a lot of family stressing events that came. We have the combination of New Year's resolutions and we have the, the weather, the darkness. And so it can be a bleak time. It can be a bleak time because we're not getting the sunlight. We're not getting the exercise. We tend to eat poorly in the holiday season. So this all kind of combines to form this maelstrom of sadness and depression. And so we want to find ways to kind of biohack this or ways that we can mitigate or lessen uh, the effects of this. Because look, being depressed, even mild depression, 
it is normal to have some down days. And if you, we, we have a standalone episode on holistic health news back on episode 12, I think, where we talk about natural ways to treat mild to moderate depression. So I would definitely go back to that one as a primer for this one or, or as a compendium to this one. But some of the things we're going to mention in this, in this episode are kind of echoed in that original episode. So before we begin about biohacking these, these January blues, I just wanted to mention something about divorce day. So in the UK, January 8th, lawyers have dubbed that day the, the divorce day. And apparently there was a survey that was done where 2,000 married adults were polled, were surveyed, and they found that 37% said they had financial pressures as their biggest challenge to their marriage. And some of these statistics are just mind-boggling. So of those who said they had considered leaving their partner in January, January 8th, right? A quarter, 25%, said they stayed together because they were worried about their children. And 24% were concerned about losing their home. These are viable options. I know uh, there were several years prior to my separation and divorce that I was thinking about the children. And, you know, I really haven't gotten too personal about this. But if you talk, if you listen to Confessions of an Obi's Child, I do talk about it a little more on that podcast stream. But um, I, I'm Catholic, and so in Catholics, we don't believe in divorce. We only have annulment. And so I was worried that, you know, if the, what would the divorce do to the, the health of the children? If you look at all the statistical indicators for children of divorce, they have a high rate of pregnancy, high rate of drug use, high rate of dropping out, high rate of commitment issues, and so forth and so forth. So certainly it's understandable uh, about how it affects the children. Now, going back to the children before we move on here, the thing is, it's, it's strife that's really messes up the kids. It's not divorce per se, if you do the research on this. So it's either parents who stay together but have still have a lot of strife at the house or parents who divorced and they still have a lot of strife. It's the kids seeing the strife that's the problem. So if you can amicably separate from your spouse and you have legitimate reasons, not like, oh, we just don't, you know, you know it's the doldrums and I want to get on some dating apps. But if you, if you do decide to separate and divorce, as long as you're amicable and the kids see that you guys are co-parenting well, all those statistical indicators actually go away. And then certainly about the house, I, I made some mistakes where um, I didn't, I wanted the kids to stay in their house where my ex-wife was just for continuity. And I didn't really think about selling the house, which I should have, because the majority of the equity in the house was from my family. So when my ex-wife eventually sold the house, she got to pocket all the equity, which drove me freaking crazy. Now, here is a bigger stat. More than a quarter of those surveyed from this, this survey that was done in the UK, 2,000 people surveyed, admitted that they had cheated but not told their partner, 27%, one in four. And that's admitted. So if you think about those who didn't admit it, this number probably is higher. And then 10% said they had carried the secret for more than 10 years. So either maybe a one-time fling or habitual philandering cheater type. And then nearly 10% said they were likely to sleep with someone other than their partner in 2018. Wow. We should just do a standalone episode on infidelity. Wow. Another interesting stat here said that 42% of marriages now end in divorce. Now, this is in the UK. And I know that in America, at least, the, the socioeconomic factors are pretty big. So despite what people might think, rich people actually divorce less than poor people. And I think maybe it has to do with the financial issues or the, the continuing of inheritance and, and, and um, money stuff, you know, so forth accrued uh, that you're less apt to 
to divorce because maybe the the husband, the father, I mean, not, not to make uh, generalizations, but that the, the man is making more of the money, but perhaps um, he doesn't want half of that money going to the wife. And so they just stay miserably uh, married or they have an open relationship, which is actually more common than people think. But poor people have a higher rate of divorce. So when you hear about the divorce, the marriage divorce rate being around 50, it's actually higher for poor people and lower for richer people. The average marriage lasts about 12 years in the UK, 12 years. My marriage lasted 14 years. So look, hey, I got over the average, at least for, you know, for the UK. So these are just some things that I, I wanted to mention about January, how, how it's a rough time high rate of separations, higher rate of drinking to the point where the, the, the UK government is asking people not to drink at all, which is probably highly unlikely. Um, and then higher rate of abuse, which I really haven't mentioned. And it's just, it's just a bleak time with all the weather and so forth. So let's talk about some ways that we can remedy these, these issues to the best that we can. Okay, so we kind of delineated a picture of, of how depressing January can be for some people. And again, a lot of you are in great relationships and uh, you're, you, you might love January, but in general, January, February is kind of a bleak time. So we've kind of talked about how some of the, the factors behind January being a tough time with resolutions and with all the money stress and, and all the family tension that might have built up. So what are, what are some things that we can do to avoid Blue Monday? which is the, the most depressing day of the year anecdotally. And so these are, these are just kind of obvious things. So one thing that you can do, of course, is let's biohack the heck out of your depression. And we've talked about in that episode, episode 12, what are some easy ways to biohack it? So look, exercise, of course, helps, especially in the winter. Now, now a lot of you might not belong to a gym where you can go somewhere indoors. But look, there's a lot of things you can do outdoors. We've talked about about 10 episodes back, the benefits of cold therapy, thermogenesis, and you can go exercising outside in the cold, preferably when not wearing as much stuff. Because remember, cold weather doesn't get you cold, guys. It's it's, it's uh, pathogens, microbes that make you cold or make you sick, I should say. So you can go running outside. You can go cross-country skiing. You can go hiking outside in the cold if you don't have gym membership. But definitely get out. Get out. And even better, if you have a sauna or a steam room, sweat it out. We have that episode around 105 about how using a sauna for 20 minutes a day or more four times a week cuts your all-risk mortality by 67%. And your chances of dementia, Alzheimer's, 67% as well. So definitely exercise. Get those endorphins kicking in. Get those that dopamine kicking in. Also helps offset the poor eating. So exercise, exercise. Even if you're not necessarily sweating, take a morning walk. Take an evening walk. Just do some push-ups and calisthenics indoors, whatever it takes. Uh, connect to that is your diet. We know that in, in the wintertime, we eat the, the, the comfort foods, which typically be our other sweets. I had mentioned before that Alaska has the highest per capita consumption of, of ice cream. And you think it's cold there all the time. But we, we tend to eat poorly in the winter. I, I mentioned in previous episodes that our weight is lowest in September. And then it does get the worse around January, February. And so what do we want to do? We want to we avoid foods 
that can affect our mood. And we want to eat foods that actually improve serotonin production in the body. So you can see where this is going. Sugar. Sugar spikes us. Sugar makes us feel like crap. At the moment when we're eating it, we love the way it tastes. But in general, sugar is bad for us. And it's bad for uh, exacerbating or flaring up or causing to be incendiary or depression. And so we want to avoid sugary food, ideally carbs, but definitely the refined sugars we want to avoid. And conversely, what do we want to increase our food? Prebiotics, probiotics. We want to strengthen our microbiome because our microbiome makes our serotonin, which is our mood, our main mood hormone neurotransmitter. It's made in the gut. And so we want to eat more prebiotics. And if you want more information on prebiotics, probiotics, go back to Holistic Health News episodes one and two and three, which are the, the first ones, our inaugural ones, because the microbiome is so important for a host of things. Also, we have an episode on symbiotics. Symbiotics is when you eat a prebiotic and a probiotic food at the same time. I think that's episode around 40. We offer some great combo pairs. But you definitely want to eat a fermented food. So try to increase your amount of, of real sauerkraut, kimchi, if you like kimchi, kombucha, Greek yogurt, uh, kefir, all these foods uh, that are naturally probiotic. And also eat prebiotic foods. So these are the foods that naturally grow your probiotic bacteria in your gut. And so this would be a lot of onions and asparagus and, and honey and cacao and pretty much most vegetables are prebiotic, but um, resistant starch foods, so unripened bananas, cook your mashed potatoes and rice and then cool them, they become resistant starch as well. So try to eat better during the, during the January time, and that will help kind of biohack your mood. So if you're, if you're limiting the refined sugar, if you go to more of a fermented food diet and try to do keto and try to eat a lot of produce, that'll certainly help. Now, one of the other things you can do is, of course, get the sunlight. I mean, we are so deficient as it is in vitamin D. Uh, in, in general, about 90% of Americans are deficient in it. That uh, in the winter, it's, it's, again, not to use this word too much in this episode, but it's exacerbated by the fact that we're staying indoors. So you need to get outside as much as you can. Now, the sun is not nearly as strong in the winter unless you're in the southern hemisphere. So we're not getting that, that major concentration of heat, uh, solar radiation that's coming off the sun in the winter as we would do in the summer. Because in the summer, we can literally be outside for 20 minutes and get all the vitamin D production that we need. Now, vitamin D is made by our skin. It's a, really a hormone that's, that's made by our skin. But in the winter, uh, even if you're outside a lot, which certainly helps, it, we're not getting that, that concentration. So one of the things I would recommend is, A, definitely go outside and get as much sun as you can. But light therapy is really, really big. And I mentioned light therapy lamps in the episode around uh, episode 13 or 14 on natural ways to biohack your insomnia because the natural, the light therapy lamps help with that too. But it definitely helps with depression. So we know seasonal affective disorder, or SAD, which is probably the best acronym ever for that, right? It's very common in the northern latitudes, so the Pacific Northwest and in Canada and so forth, because they're not getting as much sun, the, the sun's going down earlier and so forth. So up there, they know about seasonal affective disorder much more than, they, than we do down here in the, the lower latitudes, like in Texas. But in general, you can buy a light therapy lamp, and I'll include a link on the episode notes here, on Amazon for $90. I mean, you can buy one even cheaper than that. But Go Light, which is a great brand that Philips does, are about maybe $100, $120. And these are great. They're like mini little sun boxes. And so you can just turn it on. Don't look it straight in the eye because it can hurt your retina, but just kind of to 
kind of have the light glance tangentially off your, your face onto your cheek. And uh, 20, 30 minutes of this will not only like align your circadian rhythm for your sleep, but it, it gives you the, the kind of the, the fake sun simulation uh, that, that's really, really needed. So those are some great things that you can do as well. Now, when it comes to depression, I would say talk to people. We know that talking to people when you're depressed is important. We tend to isolate ourselves, so we don't want to be doing that. And so, so, so reach out to your friends, reach out to your family, just say, I'm having the January blues, you know, I'm having family stressors or spouse stressors or work stressors or bill stressors. So talk it out. Journaling is great. Of course, I I journal every day, or at least I try to write it out, all the things that you're going, just do cathartic acts. So exercise is cathartic. Go to your car if you need to and yell inside your car and scream in your car. Uh, Journaling, all these things are really, really good for getting things off of your chest. Other things you can do is stop doing one thing that you don't enjoy. So for example, if you feel like there's there's a burden where you have to, so let's say there's some task at work that you hate to do or something on social media that you have to do or, or something for your job in general, just stop doing it. Just don't do it. Don't do, get rid of something that you don't like to do. And then conversely, get a new activity. Do it. Find a new hobby. You know, this is a great resolutions for, and in this episode, I don't really want to make it too much New Year's resolutions about food and diet and so forth, but definitely taking up a new activity. So join in at the activity group, the outdoors club, for example, or uh, go do a bowling club or take up scrapbooking. I made a, a scrapbook for my 20 month daughter, 20 month old daughter, which of course she's too young to appreciate, but I made it for Christmas so her mom keeps it for now, but I, I did that little hobby and I'm not really good at crafts, but take up an activity, something new to start out the new year. It gives you a kind of a goal and a purpose and maybe you can meet new people. Also clean out a part of your house. Like if you, if, and some of you are, are kind of neat freaks and some of you are kind of dirty freaks, like hoarder types, but definitely along with the, the kind of the feng shui and kind of the making your bed daily movement. I think it definitely does help to clean your house. You, 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 you tend to feel better about yourself and you are able to relax a little more uh, when you do that. Going back to bed making, I make my bed every day. Now, not everybody does that. I just feel like it's a good way to start out the day. Also, I like being tidy. I like having my pillows set up. I like cleaning the dishes after every meal. And that's just me. But in general, I would recommend that you, you clear out your closet or clear out your house. That's another great little biohack you can do. I would also recommend write down a list of lessons that you've learned uh, from this previous year. Uh, we've all had a tumultuous you know, previous year, had a lot of vicissitudes, if you want to use a fancy SAT word. But there are lessons that we learned both good and bad from the previous year. And I think by retrospecting and introspecting, especially around New Year's, it's a great moment to kind of say like, what, what, how have I grown? How have I stepped back? How have people around me grown? How have they stepped back, especially your spouse? And in retrospection, guys, and over retrospection and over analysis, which is something that neurotic people do, and that's something that I tend to do. It's not necessarily good because you can't turn off your mind. If you go back to that episode of Insomnia, I talk about that. But definitely, I think there's some people who are like walking walls and they have absolutely no introspection at all. Like they don't know what makes them tick. And those people just blow my mind. I, I can't get it. So you got to, and the journaling helps with this. 
but sit back, sit down, make a list and try to figure out what makes you tick. Do the deep work, do the deep work. And that, that helps quite a bit as well. Uh, Another thing you can do is purge toxic people from your life. We all have toxic people. These are the people that bring you down. These are people who only contact you when they want something from you. That's not a true indicator of friendship. You know, and I have people in my life who are like this too. Like I have to text them. Hey, what's up? Or even family. How are you doing? And then they'll be like, oh, I'm fine. But they never ask about you. These are not your friends. They only contact you when they need something. And then when they contact you, it's always they want to unload all their crap on you about their relationships or about their family. And it's always them, 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 them. You know, very self-centered, egotistical people. It's always about them. They never ask about you. And in general, just you don't want to be around toxic people. We, we know that laugh therapy is great, just laughing a lot. And we know we're attracted to people who are funny. And we know we're attracted to people who are optimistic and positive because we are just drawn to that because we like to laugh. So the converse, again, the other word that I'm using a lot here, aside from exacerbate, the converse, it's true too. We don't want to be around Debbie Downers and we don't want to be around people who are like a, a rope and an anchor around our neck that throw us down. So purge. This is part of your resolution is purge people that are toxic from your life. Okay, so let's finish up. So guys, look, January can be a depressing time for a lot of people. And honestly, it's normally the most depressing time of the year, aside from, let's say you suffer from a death or a loved one um, getting cancer or something like in April. But in general, if you look at our, just our natural biorhythms, January is a depressing time. And so my recommendation to you is feel it. First of all, it's okay to feel the January blues, the blue Monday. And talk. we talked about all the factors that kind of make dep- uh, January depressing with a high rate of divorce and abuse and, and we're not eating well and the bills and all that. So step back, s- introspect and retrospect, see what's causing the depression, the sadness, say it's okay. And then once you accept that it's okay, then let's put in these, these, these natural ways that we can remedy it. So get the sunlight, increase your vitamin D level. So I take 10,000 IUs of vitamin D during the winter, which is quite a bit. Uh, and I checked my vitamin D levels about four years ago, and they're about 67. I forget the me- unit of measurement, but they're 67. Now, about five years ago, it was about 90. It was, it was a little too high. They want them, they, anything I think below 30 is considered low on the vitamin D, but, but you don't want over 100. So you do want to take D3, and I would take at least 5,000 to 10,000 IUs um, a day if you can, especially if you're not getting any sunlight. But exercise, increase your vitamin D, maybe consider getting a light therapy lamp or a light lamp, purge people that are toxic in your life, try to increase your probiotic food, try stress management techniques, you know, do more of the yoga and the deep breathing, guided imagery, you know, muscle relaxation techniques and so forth. That's great as well. If you can, take a trip. If you didn't really spend the $700 on gifts, maybe take a trip in January to somewhere warm if you live up north. And just learn from next year. You know, when next year rolls around, hey, maybe let's not spend $700 because it's true. It's more about receiving than it is, or I'm sorry, it's more about giving than it is about receiving. And so we don't need to get everybody a gift. Now, I know everybody's different and my family, we're a little more aloof, but, um, you know, I don't, I guess this might be too much TMI, but I know I've already come off as kind of a douchebag on the episode 
about um, how a third of Americans would rather have their arm cut off or be an alcoholic. But in my family, you know, we don't, we don't, I don't give gifts to my nephews and nieces and they don't give gifts to me. And uh, we, I don't give gifts to my cousins. I really only give gifts to my children and that's it. And uh, that's why I don't overspend. But just, just try to recognize that. Maybe don't spend as much next time. Know the triggers that happen in your relationship that might make those fights more likely to happen and try to identify those triggers with your spouse or your loved one and maybe try to find ways to work around them so they're not triggered. If you know being around extended family during the holidays causes stress, talk to your spouse about that and maybe find some type of compromise where they don't come over for as long or certain topics aren't broached. So these are just simple things uh, that you can do. And definitely talk, 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 get things out in the open Go to therapy if you're having marital distress, if you think it's not at the point where separation is inevitable, and just try these things. So again, it's all about awareness, and then let's biohack your body to get you through January. So try the resolutions. If you want to eat better, that's great. Try to stick to it. Try to have realistic expectations. Don't be like, I want to lose 50 pounds by June. Just say, I want to get healthier you know, get healthier and try to avoid the pitfalls that have kept you unhealthy. So like alcohol, for example, or smoking or porn or whatever that you feel like it's been keeping you unhealthy uh, the previous year in your lifetime. Let's try to avoid those things and let's try to take up new activities. If exercise is one of those, that's great, but try to take up new activities, try to meet new people, try to branch out, try new exposure to new things and try to get rid of things that have been dragging you down. All right, guys, that's all I have to say today. As always, please post a review, an honest review on Apple Podcasts. We would appreciate it and hit the subscribe button. Until next time, take care. God bless and happy new year. Thank you for listening to NPE Radio and Holistic Health News. Visit our website at naturopathicearth.com. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Holistic News Now and at our Facebook page at Naturopathic Earth. Please consider a donation at patreon.com slash naturopathic earth. Buy the confessions of an obese child ebook on Amazon or Barnes and Noble Nook. Consider subscribing to our podcast. And as always, please post an honest review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to this. And remember the core belief at NPE. Let food be thy medicine. Let nature be thy healer. Until next time, music courtesy of Nine Inch Nails.